podcasting from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, known as the City of Bridges. This is Knights of the Revolutionary Leader, conversations of influence and change. I am your host, Christy Knights, C-suite executive coach, psychotherapist, professional speaker, and best-selling author, the revolutionary leader in business and life. Thank you for joining us. I am grateful for you and your willingness to share time and space. Today, I am joined by a true hero, a person who has lived through difficulties in life and rose to a place of joy and service to others. In true hero form, our guest will share his story authentically so others may know they are not alone. I am so excited for you to meet my dear friend, Filippo Voltaggio. He is an author, speaker, radio and TV host, and life mastery coach. He dabbled in the self-help industry before it was full-fledged industry. During his formative years, he was sharing everything he learned about self-improvement with his friends and family and has since become a leader in the industry, having parlayed that desire, ability, and knowledge into a life pursuit, passion, and career. His interviews, books, speaking engagements, and workshops take a unique approach by focusing on the lighter side of improving one's life, self-esteem, as well as the connection with one's purpose, making the process at once fun, funny, and transformationally profound and powerful. Filippo's work has a foundation in sound traditional business practices, having worked in management for a Fortune Top 500 company, excuse me, Fortune Top 5 company, and from an artistic background, having sung, performed, and acted on stage and screen for years. He also incorporates his love and experience of science and energetics, as well as the spiritual arts, thus incorporating science, art, music, humor, and the heart. His current show, Life Changes with Filippo, is host to a cornucopia of guests from famed celebrities and respected scientists and doctors to everyday people who are changing their lives, the lives of others, and or the world in a positive way. Filippo and his show are the recent winners of Barack Obama's President's Call to Service Award. I have no doubt you want to learn more about him. When you do, visit www.lifechangeswithfilippo.com. Welcome so much. I am so excited to have you. I am happy to be here, Christy, and thank you not only for having me, but for what you're doing. Ah, thank you. As I was reading your bio and, and what I've researched about you, you and I are doing some similar things in terms of working with everyday people and how they change lives. Absolutely. And especially since I consider myself an everyday person, uh, that means a lot to me. Absolutely. When did you begin to notice the passion for people in you? As early as I can remember. It's actually one of my earliest memories, wanting to entertain, wanting to make people laugh, wanting to say a positive word to make people feel good, even earlier than I remember, because my parents share a story that they used to put me on the kitchen table to entertain their guests. I, I suppose by singing or tap dancing, I'm not really sure, one or both, and long before I can remember. Mm. It's been a part of me ever since. It's in my DNA. Yes. So talk to me about your parents. What were they like? Well, interestingly enough, my parents uh, were immigrants. So they came here from Italy. And so there was a lot they didn't know about this culture, a lot they missed about the culture that they came from and, and were born into. Yeah. So it was an interesting experience for me to have them share like they did about their culture so much that I thought I was Italian, even though I was born in America. Mm. And I didn't realize that I also was American until I went to my first day in kindergarten and realized that everybody else spoke a different language. So it was almost, and then there was this change that had to happen right away. Therein started my life of change. 
change as I started to note it, because we all change, yeah. but I noticed it right away. Like, oh, change is upon me. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember what you felt like when you realized everybody was speaking a different language? You know, I can't say that I do. I, I would imagine I, I was confused. I tell a story on stage, or have many times, of coming back after the first day of school and, and asking my mom what's happening, why is everybody speaking a different language? And, and I say that too, because even though I was probably five at, at the time in kindergarten, we grew up speaking Italian. Our, uh, my parents' friends were Italian, our neighbors were Italian, and we went to the Italian church and the Italian store. So I had no idea we were in America. Yes. <laughs> Um, do you have any siblings? I do. I do. And interestingly enough, uh, I, I've thought about this. My older sibling went to school before me yes. and, and definitely had it rougher, but we were so close in age that I don't know that we ever really talked about what the heck is going on with you. You know, like, what, where do you go for eight hours? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that conversation. Right, so right. I think school was pretty just as a surprise to me as it might have been to him. Yes, yes. So as you were growing up, what would you say was one of your best memories, your most fondest memories in middle school? Because we know that's some rough years. Well, right. Those are some tough years that we're talking about. And, and the fondest were few and far between. However, music. I would say that well, I was always involved in music and singing and acting. Uh, however, in in junior high school, I I got to explore it more it, and, and 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 to discover that that I had a talent that people appreciated, which was both a benefit and and also an uncomfortable situation. So, for example. I got cast as Romeo in the school play in Romeo and Juliet. And I didn't expect that at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see myself as, as a leading character, uh, a leading man, or for that matter, a Romeo, having, having been completely clueless about love and romance at that yeah. point. Being cast in that role was exciting. I, I enjoyed acting and learning the, the, the role and, and, and playing it out. And then one day I had to perform it as part of a school on, uh, assembly and the whole uh, football team was there and I was standing in front of them in tights pretending to be a romantic role. It just was one of the most comfortable, uncomfortable situations that I ever experienced. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you get any backlash from that, from those football players? Oh, just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> yeah. How did you manage that backlash? You know, at the time, I didn't have the tools. Actually, that backlash was just part of a lot of, of teasing that I got growing up for various reasons. And be, because I didn't speak the language it, from the beginning, that, that was, there was teasing for that. And as I was learning it, I didn't know uh, all the words yet or how to describe everything as well as I could describe things in Italian. And so that was difficult for me, along with many other things. Again, on stage, I tell a joke that's based in truth, but I said, you know, I didn't have very many friends. I couldn't speak English. I had buck teeth, kinky hair, and I smelled like garlic. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I did, I did eventually learn to use humor to, to deal with the outside world, which seemed to not get me. But then again, I didn't get myself either. I just felt very different from everybody. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you were younger in those days of them not getting you were difficult, would you say that it was bullying or just teasing? I think oh, no, it was definitely bullying. Well, it, there was most of it 
felt like bullying. Let me put it this way. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it was. Most of it felt like it, and some of it was, was teasing, yeah. What type of impact did it have on you then? Wow. It, it influenced my life. The interesting thing is uh, in my workshops, I help people understand that all of these things that they have experienced in life has affected them and potentially continues to affect them. So as I, as I used to say, the world around me was so negative towards me that I had to shut down and stop listening to the world around me. Unbeknownst to me, that never really happened because we take it in. As a matter of fact, in our recalibration workshop, we start off by saying, what did people say about you? And, and we get people in the workshop saying, well, I don't listen to what people say. And I, and I say, okay, that may or may not be true. The question still stands. What did people say about you? Because we know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And it's in our unconscious. Or if we don't know, we assume or we think. And it could be positive uh, and it could be negative. Whatever it is, is we know. So sometimes we kind of go the back way to see. And the reason I say we go the back way to see what, what, we think other people have said or, or do say is because sometimes that is our own talk. So in my case, I shut down what other people were saying, but in so doing, and eventually removed myself from people like that when I was able to as a, a young adult. However, all of those words and expressions and feelings were already inside of me. So in a sense, I feel like I created a vacuum where I was so used to having it outside of me all day throughout the day that once I removed myself from that situation, then, then my brain took over the role mm. and started saying all of those things or, or worse to myself. Interestingly enough, when I started to sing and, 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 uh, like come into my own and, and start to do big things. I would have people lining up to get my autograph or say something to me or just shake my hand or get a, get a hug or something. And all those nice things that people were saying, since I had learned to shut down what people said to me, those didn't come in. And I didn't understand why they were even saying them to me, but since I was a quote unquote performer, I was being gracious and saying thank you and all that. And so I see this in a lot of my clients now where the world is saying wonderful things about them, but they have no clue. Right, right. That's very insightful, very powerful. Was there a time whenever you were younger where you did struggle with some of anxiety or depression or negative self-talk. Yes, all of that. And I would say probably all the time. Yeah, I, I remember, <clears throat> I think it started in junior high school, but I remember crying myself to sleep. Mm. <clears throat> you catch me at an interesting point in my life. I, I think, well, I think personally, all our points in our lives are interesting. Um, some more interesting than others, but... So just this morning, as I was thinking about our interview, Christy, a story came to mind. You mentioned IBM. And at the time, it was, yes, the top third company in the world. And I had interviewed with them several times. The first go round, I, I, I didn't get the job. And the second go round, which was very soon after, I got interest and I was told that I would be hired. Yes. But of course, nothing, uh, you, you, you know, unless it's signed, sealed, delivered, you know. So I, I started to worry and I couldn't understand why I hadn't gotten my letter yet and a month passed and a second, you know, of, of uh, acceptance and a month or two passed. And now it was Christmas and New Year was coming up and, in, and it was ruining my Christmas because it was either I was going to make money and have a job 
or I'm still living like a student kind of thing, right? So it was in in between Christmas and New Year, and I I called the IBM office. The secretary of the eventual manager who would hire me, see, you obviously know the punchline already, but when I tell this story, people don't. Um, But the secretary said, don't worry. I can't tell you anything, and they're really busy, the management, but don't worry. And I thought, well, easy for you to say. You know? Right. You have a job. <laughs> and, and, and what's the holdup? And you're ruining my Christmas. And uh, when I eventually got hired, I found out that they were in the pro- IBM or that division or something was in the process of changing their hiring practices and increasing the minimum that they were going to give their new employees. The increase was at least 25%. Had I gotten that letter a a month before, I would have gotten considerably less money. And so there are so many things that came into play at that, at that junction that I wanted it then so badly. And why didn't they just give it to me? And I was the best candidate as far as I was concerned. And come, come to find out, I didn't know this at the time, but they had 2000 applicants for that job and they hired two people. And so I was one of those two people and I was like, why, why aren't they hiring me, you know? And then, and then they hired me and it was for more money and it was all for the better. So I look back and I say, all my life I've wanted this and I've wanted it then and I've wanted that. And now, especially after I've interviewed so many people and realized that they're glad this didn't happen at the time or had they not rounded that corner or had they not lost that job or had this not, you know, had they not ended up in the hospital, they wouldn't have met their, met their husband or wife or they wouldn't have come up with this great new idea. So, so I look back on my life and I, I, I see where, where I was teased or that Romeo and Juliet moment or something and there were a lot of moments like that. And I think, how do I know? that that didn't help me get here. And from here, you know, uh, all kinds of wonderful things can happen. So though I look at those times as very difficult, like I said, I cried myself asleep a lot and I struggled a lot through school and I struggled as a human being. But now I don't struggle as a human being. I'm very comfortable in my skin. I'm comfortable with, with who I am and, and, and what I look like and who I came to be uh, as much as I can be right now. And, and what it has done, instead of focusing on me and like, oh, aren't I so great? Now I can look at so many situations that come my way with people, clients and, and, and uh, people in workshops and, and, and guests and be able to see an element of my story in there and have compassion, understanding, be able to meet them where they are in the moment and all of that. Yes. And I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. And I think a lot of audience members are often curious as to how did you get to be so resilient? How did you get to that place where you were able to accept yourself? You're asking? Yeah. <laughs> right. First of all, uh, to be able to look back at our lives with with the wisdom that we've gained and said, "Oh, I I, I fell then and I got up, and I fell and I got up." When we've fallen, for example, or when we we hit a low, we don't always see that there is going to be a high again, or that we're going to be able to get up again. However, from looking back now, uh, I say, well, I got up then and and I survived then and I was able to afford it then. And I, you know, so so the the trick is I've uh, I've coined a phrase saying foresight being 2020 is much more interesting than hindsight being 2020, you know, being. Be, being, you know, Monday morning quarterback or what have you, in, that's okay. That's interesting conversation. But, but the most interesting thing is to be in the game 
and be able to do that and say, I, I, I'm, I'm going to make this pass or I'm going to, you know, I, I, this, this goal is going to go through whatever it is. And, and if it doesn't say, okay, well then, you know, we still got another minute in the game or whatever it is so that you're constantly present and know that the, the opportunities are, are all there it, uh, unless we stop ourselves by having that doubt, for example. Yes, yes. So when you were struggling with the anxiety, the depression, crying yourself to sleep, was there ever a time where you were suicidal? Uh, first of all, when I was struggling, I, I feel that, especially for me, I, I have such big dreams and I've always had, and I've achieved so many of them, and so many of them without knowing, which is actually a, a key too, that, that I, I help to, to enlighten my clients and hopefully others that are listening that sometimes we reach our goals, but we have new goals already, long since new goals that we don't realize. It's like at one point, this was a goal. Yes. Yeah, I'll give you an example of that. And then I'll, I'll get back to your question, but this brings to mind, I was on a stage doing uh, my own show. There were five or six people in the band five or six musicians, uh, there was a stage manager and a, you know, director and a lighting guy, sound guy and all that stuff. And we were in rehearsal. The stage manager came to me and I don't know if she didn't like me or didn't like herself or didn't like her job or I don't know what it was. Or, uh, and we were in the middle of rehearsal and she came to me and she said, what happens after this song, the song in the show that I was going to be singing? And I said, Oh, well, after that song, people stand up for five minutes and applaud. Now, that had never happened <laughs> up until that point. And, you know, and, and she said, in your dreams. And in that moment, I, I, I don't know why she needed to say something like that. And it sounded like she was being nasty as opposed to funny. But for whatever reason, that was her response. And thankfully, I didn't take it personally. But something came to me and I said almost, uh, I, I mean, just like instantaneously, I said, there was a time that you were in my dreams and here you are. And by that I meant I was dreaming. I mean, like how many singers, musicians dream of having their own show on a big stage, you know? And so there was a time when a stage manager was in my dream and here you are. So, so... By the way, people standing up for five minutes has not happened yet. And frankly, I don't need it to happen <laughs> anymore. But if that happens, I could realize, oh, there was a time when I thought that. And so being able to recognize that and celebrate it, it is important because an attitude of gratitude, I think, helps not only help accomplish more or achieve more, but also helps the journey feel good. So all that, saying all that, and understanding all that doesn't mean, uh, to me at least, and at the moment in my life, that I don't go through those periods of difficulty or depression. Uh, this, the states might be different, and the understanding is different. I personally believe life is, is cyclical, but not cyclical on a two-dimensional uh, a plane, but on a three-dimensional plane where we're spiraling up. And so we come back to the same place, but we're a different person when we come back to that place. So I think there are ups, there are downs, and uh, that, that we, we go through times when we make money, times that we're not as much, times when we're creative, times we're not as much. And it seems to me that all life is like that because there is a day and there's a night, there's a winter and there's a summer. So life is cyclical. So if we come to the same place and we're depressed exactly like we used to be before and no different, then we haven't changed as a person. So if we could be depressed on a higher plane and, and know, oh, okay, this is that time when maybe I'm just supposed to hibernate or I'm supposed to be creative or I'm not supposed to be dating or whatever it is, then we come to a different understanding of what that depression is or what that low is for us. So it's not that I don't have those lows and those depression, 
moments. Uh, it's just that I have an understanding about what they're about or what they could be about. Yes, yes. So whenever you're in those low moments, how do you bring yourself out of them? That's a really good question. I love that because it's, it's in those moments where the understanding is most important. Uh, I was just telling a client yesterday, speaking of Italian, uh, that there's an Italian phrase. The client was Italian. So <laughs> an Italian phrase that says, uh, or in Sicilian, actually, even more specific, which means it's got to poke you to bother you. Now, now, what I mean by that is if, if you see somebody being poked and you think they're overreacting, and it's like, oh, I wouldn't be doing that. It's like, no, you don't know what you, you know. You know bring that poker over here. Let's see what you. <laughs> so, so in those moments where we're being poked, for example, uh, just to, you know, add some humor to the moment, uh, being able to see the expanded view of that moment. Is it a kid poking you, right? And are they playing? You know, is it your parent trying to encourage you to do something else and that's the only way they know how to, you know, encourage you? Is it your friend? Is it your lover? And, and are they being antagonistic or are they supporting you in a way that you, you, you might not like, but it might be? So, so what is the bigger picture? So what I try and do is in those moments of being down or depressed or or having a low, or, or even a low biological day. Like the, there are days where our bodies, especially women know this better than men. However, men experience low days too, biologically. I, I try and look at the bigger picture as yeah. best that I can. And uh, interestingly enough, what we do a lot of times, myself included in the past, more so than now, is when we're low, we look at and see so many low things around us, True. right? I, I, I had uh, a friend actually call me and she said, Filippo, something bad just happened to me. I was driving and blah, blah, blah. And she, she went on to say that. And then, and then it got worse because da, 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 da. And then, you know, to top it off, I get home and it was so bad because this happened. And then she literally stopped herself and I hadn't said a word, I don't think, at that point. And she literally stopped herself and said, okay, let me see what else bad happened today. And I thought, wow. <laughs> Let's find one more thing. Right, right. And if she found one more thing, which she might have, I don't remember at this point now, yeah. if she might have, that might have triggered another memory. And, right. and, and if I'd let her continue, she could have gone to... Back, back when I was a child, this used to happen all the time. And then, you know, we could, we could do this forever. And the idea is much like if we're driving a brand new car and we see all of a sudden everybody else has that car too in the same color even, right? It's because we are now focused on this car. And so what are we focused on? So when we're down, yes, this person might have dumped us, uh, that, you know, job might have fired us and all that. That doesn't mean everything else is bad around us. What is good? Let's look for what is good. And then also remembering exactly what I was saying about the wisdom that we can gain from looking back and saying, when that person dumped me, I thought it was the end of my life. And now I look back and say, Boy, am I glad. What was I thinking dating that person? So knowing that that is a possibility. So the best thing that could have happened today didn't, and it ended up being the worst thing because we didn't get this job or whatever it is. And then knowing that there's a possibility, like the 2020 vision of saying, possibly there's something better or possibly I'll look back and say, it's a good thing I didn't get that job is at the very least 
have that possibility open to you. It's expanded thinking. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. And that's what the audience likes to hear is, is those tips that what has allowed you to get to where you're at. So what led you to really looking at coaching as a possibility to work with people at that level as a, as a life mastery coach? Interestingly enough, some of what I'm doing, I didn't want to do. Uh, Interestingly enough, when, uh, I was talking to my book, The Little Dog That Could, uh, will be again, but in the moment, at, at, at just recently, there was a director uh, and a produ- film producer looking at the book to turn it into a film. Okay. And uh, she asked me, that the, the would-be director asked me, what made you, uh, or a producer rather, what made you want to write this book? And I said, I didn't want to write this book. And she said, oh my God, this is a bestseller. And and I looked at her and she said, because you you come from a different place. It's not a, oh, look at me, look what I can do, look what I've done. And it's like, I don't want to write this book. I don't want to do this, but for some reason I have to. And, And this letting go of, saying okay to something like there's a gift in here i don't know what it is and consequently my book has given me gift after gift after gift so the same thing with coaching i didn't want to coach i didn't feel that i had the credentials i i went out and got the credentials and and still felt like there's so much of life that i don't know yet and want to know that uh, that that what am I doing coaching somebody else since I haven't figured it all out yet? Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, well, wait a minute, I figured things out that some people are still struggling with. So let me help them if if, if that helps. So so that again, it was something I I didn't set out to do, didn't want to do, and then I realized I made the connection that I in a way been doing it ever since I was a kid, like how we started the conversation of always wanting to say something to help people or make them feel better. And, and also that I was doing it anyway with my friends and strangers, where strangers at a party or something would sit down with me. Interestingly enough, we have a, a guest coming on in a couple of weeks who met me at a party, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago and just told me her whole life story. And I didn't know her at the time. And afterwards she called and said, I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. And I said, it's okay. I, it happens to me all the time. Yes. And, and it, now 10 years later, she's gone on to do some amazing things. I'm looking forward to interviewing her officially I not only put that out in, 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 you know, energetically that I'm someone that people can talk to, but I also realized that I am someone who does like to listen as much as I, as much as I talk during interviews, uh, you know, on, on the show or whatever, I'm usually quiet most of the time. I'll go to a party and I'm a listener. I, 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 I you know, have dinner with friends and I'm a listener. I'm with my clients and I'm a listener. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So there it is. That's how that came to be. So talk to me about your, your TV show. I'm excited about you hosting a TV show. I'm excited about me hosting a TV show too. So you're, you're seeing into the future, your, your vision, your foresight is 2020. We currently, uh, the, the, the show title has been changed and I'm sorry I sent you a, an older uh, bio, but it still works from Life Changes with Filippo to the Life Changes show, more encompassing as we brought more people in. The show format has changed and over nine years now we feature not only guests, but live musicians and comedians and all of that. So we're, we're, we broadcast out of a studio in, uh, in California to 75 different networks and growing and, and it's very exciting. And so we have recently started uh, a Patreon page. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, oh, you are. Okay. So you taught me a couple things today. And, and so I, 
Uh, and I appreciate that too, because we're going to have to encompass some of the things you taught me earlier before we started the show. Um, so our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash life changes, because we are uh, looking for support to take the show into a dome with a live audience and a 360, 360 images being broadcast on the dome. It's an experience like nobody has ever had before because the technology that we're bringing to the show has, has not existed and has not been used in this format. So we're extremely excited about that. And it's, it's, it's also going to be like a variety show because there's so many acts out there that are life changing that that there isn't a format where that kind of thing is introduced on occasion we'll see something on tv or on somebody's show but we're we're seeing our show as a a vehicle for so many of these life-changing acts to be able to to be shown to the world in a way that hasn't been shown yet so we're thrilled thank you for being thrilled with us Oh my goodness, absolutely. I'm absolutely thrilled. I can't wait um, just to watch it all unfold. And, and yesterday I said to my business coach, I'm putting the intention out there. I want my own live show. There you go. On live show. So I am incredibly proud of you and, and your work that you're doing. Thank you. Think about you know, the, your life in the last 15, 20 years. Who would you say has influenced you the most in a positive way? Did you say who? Yes. Uh, who? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I would have to say Dorothy Lee Donahue. Mm. So Dorothy, actually, at, at, at about exactly that, it was um, maybe, uh, maybe 14 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago, uh, somebody, a, a dear friend, Marco Missinato, called me and said, I just met a woman you have to meet. And I said, okay. And, and he said, no, like, you have to meet her. And I said, Okay, um, <laughs> and, and and he went on and on, and I said, "You're in San Diego. Uh, she's in San Diego. I'm in Los Angeles. It's you know three and a half hours away. You know without traffic, kind of thing. Am I supposed to get in my car right now and drive? What are you trying to tell me?" <laughs> and he says, I "I'm going to arrange it so you two meet." And I'm like, "Okay." So you know, and and unbeknownst to me, Dorothy. Uh, so walked up to my friend Marco and said, who she, whom she didn't know. And they met at one of her events. And she said, I'm so happy to meet you. You're supposed to introduce me to someone that I've been looking for. So it's all actually in the book, The Little Dog That Could. And that's one of the things I didn't want to write about because it was just so freaky <laughs> that, you know, and, and, and then, so he did arrange for us to meet. And when I met her, I, I, I don't want to give it away because it's in the book and it's an interesting story. But when I met her, I knew her, even though I'd never met her before. She knew me. She knew about me. This was before I even had a website, from what I recall. So I, uh, or, or she didn't even know my full name. So neither one of us had looked each other up. It just didn't, I didn't think about it. And, but I knew her. It's just something about it. It's like, I know this woman. And then she sat and told me things about myself that I literally told her, well, that's not true. And that's not me. And I don't know. I don't understand what you're talking about. And then all of this stuff started happening just as she described it. And, and I have, she's, she's been an angel. She's now our, uh, well, this is what she does for other people because she has her own workshop, which is energetic alchemy, where she helps people project their life energetically and all of that. Right. So uh, the beauty of it is much like the book uh, of writing it much life, like my life coaching. It's like, say, there's something for me to learn here. And much like my listening to what Dorothy had to say, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do any of it, <laughs> but something inside of me said, this is the best thing you could do. Um, and I finally heard it. So 
uh, goes back to maybe not wanting to hear what other people are saying because there was a time when it was all negative and not good, right? But I'm listening to the good now is the exciting thing. And I'm also sharing good. And I also understand when I share with the client, have you ever considered this? Or are you telling me that this is, and, and then, and they'll say, no, no, definitely not. No, absolutely not. And then, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I get it. And then years later, come to find out, you know, they've gone and done that. It's the best thing they've ever done. And like, I get it. And I'm glad I was there to plant the seed, which, which really comes from them anyway. Yes. Yes. Talk yeah. about the power of giving in your world. I, I'm happy to have, I'm lucky, actually. Somebody said my, my situation is, is very unique, and, and I'm lucky that it is, and I've, I've worked uh, to have it be so, where I have so many people in my life that I could talk to uh, about things, so many people that give to me and want to give to me more. Uh, but I'm the one that wants to give, and I haven't received as much as I could have. And, and it, it, it dawned on me just a couple days ago that giving has been one of the best blessings in my life. However, there is, there is no use in, in th that giving without receiving doesn't make sense. And this is the analogy that came through to me just a couple days ago that a radio transmitter or, or even a computer now, I guess I'm dating myself, but uh, <laughs> you remember transistor radio? <laughs> okay, forget it. All right. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> thank you for that, Christy. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about computers and uh, portable com phones, cell phones. Okay, yeah. cell phones. Cell phones receive the transmission from the cell towers or what have you. So they, they, they receive. In order for the cell phone to let you hear, to put out what somebody is saying or to put out what you're looking up on, on, on you know, whether it be social media or, or, or on the internet, in order for you to get something out of it, the cell phone, it has to receive something. And without us getting anything out of it, we'd throw the phone away. It wouldn't serve. So we want to get. So the phone has to give. But if the phone doesn't receive, at some point, it'll run out of things to give. I came to that understanding that I like to give so much. It feels so good to give. And it, 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 it's something that I, I do more and more and more. However, um, I've realized that I'm not receiving enough. And your show, by the way, is the very first show that I've mentioned, the Patreon, somebody else's show, that I've mentioned, the Patreon, where we would receive, right, from people. Uh, it, it has taken me uh, almost a year to say yes to actually setting up that Patreon account and a couple months to actually even announce it, which we just did last week. And, you know, all this time before I've been on other shows, I was telling you before we started this one, but I've never mentioned it. So for some reason I felt safe to mention it on your show, Christy. So thank you. I'm ready to receive because there too, I realize that like you're excited about our show. I'm excited about your show. And, and even this one, I was excited uh, coming on this. And that is, so the more we receive, the more we can put on that show, which more people can see rather than just hear. And the more what I do and what you do and what so many of us do gains momentum. The reality is, you know, I have a handful of podcasts and I actually am not that famous. And what I do is, is really just to give people light. So what led you to be willing to sit on this podcast and be interviewed, knowing that I, I don't have prestige, I'm not a celebrity. What led you to be willing to do that? Interestingly enough, we just had my two nieces on our show. One of them was 
uh, is 16. She just turned 16 and the other one is, is, is 13 or 14. And they happen to be champion dancers and uh, choreographers already and national champions, etc. And somebody said to me, why don't you have them on the show when they are famous? And I said, they were famous the moment they were born, in my heart. They get more attention from me than any celebrity does. I am more interested in them and their life than anyone else who is famous. And it's the love and the energy and what they put out that I am most interested in. So it's easy for me, as, as long as I have the time or can make the time, to do a show like yours because of what you put out and what your intention is, is more important to me than some of these famous people that are putting out some of the same old stuff that is no longer serving, I think, the planet and our consciousness. So as I thanked you from the beginning, I thank you now. That is the reason because of what you are putting out and the intention behind it. I'll be releasing a book soon. And in that book, and my business coach said to me, release the damn book. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, why are you holding on to that book? Release it. (laughs) Why are you holding on to that book? Fear. Mm -hmm. Fear. Fear of failure, fear of success. Mm -hmm. What what happens if it goes well, right? But in that book, I talk about a critical characteristic and that is of servant leadership and your willingness to be here and be in my space and to share your wisdom with my audience truly is that definition of hero where you are here on this earth to serve others. Mm give in such a real and raw way Hmm. without pretense. Uh, Thank you for saying that. I I receive and accept that. And the reason I asked you about the book, and and this may serve you as well, uh, the book, my book, the book that I didn't want to write, Hmm. sat in my computer, not on my typewriter. I'm not dating myself that much. It, it sat on my computer for eight years. Okay. Almost completely done. It just needed to be edited. Eight years because I was afraid of, of releasing it. I, and uh, so I understand and honor where you are. And I will say this. All my fears came to pass. Uh, uh, it, not like they passed they happened. I, I mean, I released the book and exactly what I thought would happen, happened. And all the stuff that I was afraid of and, uh, and also some amazing and wonderful things happened too, uh, some of which I hadn't taken into consideration. And the most wonderful thing is that I have grown because, I, now I'm going to get emotional, but because those fears came to pass and I was okay with them. And because the book has touched people in ways that I had no idea it would touch and changed their lives, they have written me and told me how their life changed because of this, or they understood themselves more because of this, or somebody else they understood, or that they, everybody in their life said that they were crazy, but reading my book brought them back to sanity and said that that they've had experiences similar. So I look forward to you releasing your book and I celebrate that Uh, in the 2020 uh, uh, for a foresight. I I see wonderful things happening for you, for yourself, for starters in releasing your book. Thank you. So as you shared that, what brought the emotion for you? Uh, what brought the emotion? Uh, I would say, I would say uh, heartfelt change. Uh, my heartfelt uh, change, my understanding, uh, my understanding of what, what people, how people have changed because of, because of my willingness 
to face my fears. And that is truly the definition of an unsung hero. When mm. you're willing to accept and share your life struggles in mm. order to serve others so that they may grow. That's mm. incredible. That's incredible. Mm. So is there anything else you want to share today before we go? You know, while, while we're on the, the book, it, it, I'll have to say this, that it, if I were writing a book uh, or if I was going to write, I, I wouldn't have written that one. If it were up to me, so to speak, if it were up to my brain, I would have changed the story. But the book is about a true experience that happened with me and a dog. And that happened for me. As a matter of fact, the subtitle is When the Student is Ready, the Teacher Appears. And in this case, like I mentioned, Dorothy Lee Donahue being a teacher, well, the dog was a teacher. And in editing the book to make sure the I's were all dotted and the T's were all crossed, I was so frustrated with myself throughout the story because it just seemed like in chapter two, I could have just gotten it. Like, it's obvious, Filippo. And then in chapter three, still don't get it. Chapter 20, you still don't get it? I mean, <laughs> hello? <laughs> People will be able to relate to that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a full-time practice with a wait list. <laughs> so, so if I had it, if it were up to me, so to speak, like if I, if I wasn't so raw, as you put it, and un unfiltered and all that, uh, I would have gotten it in chapter one. I would have like, ta-da! <laughs> I see the, the stage curtains flinging open. <laughs> but, uh, but, but having said that, and the real reason I want to mention this is because people will say things that they read into the book and they said, well, we see how you da 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 da, -da. And I listened to what they say and I, I, I think, oh, wow, that's true. I've never thought of that. I, I did that. And that's both positive and negative. I'm like, oh, and I'm still doing that. <laughs> A little more insight, yes. <laughs> so we continue to learn and the gifts keep coming. Absolutely. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Oh, gosh. Well, so personally, I uh, would be at Filippo Voltaggio. And that's, I'll spell it, F-I-L-I-P-P-O. V-O-L-T-A-G-G-I-O uh, dot com. But personally, I, I mean, but, but technically they can also get uh, to me through the show, lifechangesshow.com, as easy as all that. The book's available, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, but it's uh, thelittledogthatcould.com. I mean, there, there are so many places. And, and our workshops, therecalibration.com, lifeimprov ment.com there are so many places uh, but more and more i'm i'm looking forward to them getting to to see us live uh on stage so they can not only work with me in a sense like where they get to know me because i share a lot on our show but they get to learn and learn from so many other people that are sharing their stories like people do here with you Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Filippo. Your demonstration of heroism by telling your story will absolutely save a life. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for listening to Knights of the Revolutionary Leader, conversations of influence and change. Each show, we bring you a guest of revolutionary influence by living a life of nobility, courage, and authenticity. To meet other knights of the round table or to be a guest on this show, go to christyknights.com. Join us next week as we cross the bridge to meet the next night to join the round table of revolutionary leaders of influence and change. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.